The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Matthew writes, Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples, they came to him. And he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, dear saints, there is no doubt that Jesus's Sermon on the Mount is the most famous sermon to ever be preached. It is perhaps also the most misunderstood. Martin Luther, he even commented on this sermon that the Beatitudes can be the evils, the evil foes' own masterpiece. It is not a summary of the whole Christian faith. And as a matter of fact, it is safe for us to say that one who claims to find his whole religion in this sermon may not even be a Christian. And no one who hears or reads this sermon by itself apart from the rest of our scriptures will come to a true understanding of the Christian faith. Now, for or, in order for us to understand this sermon, we must keep in mind the audience to whom it was preached to and the purpose that Jesus had in mind. The audience were the disciples and the followers that were with Jesus. And the purpose that he had for this sermon was to give the believers, the followers, a better understanding of the faith. And to an unbeliever, it is likely to interpret these words of the sermon, well, as a prescription, a prescription for making oneself 
righteous and earning a place in the kingdom of God. But the Beatitudes are statements, statements of blessings that do not tell us how to become blessed. They rather describe the blessedness that already belongs to all who believe in Christ. This is their inheritance. They do not describe eight kinds of believers. They mention eight ways in which Christians are blessed. All Christians are poor in spirit. They all mourn and are meek. They all hunger and thirst for righteousness and are merciful and are pure in heart. They are peacemakers and are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now today we shall reflect on the Beatitudes, on the Sermon on the Mount, to gain a deeper appreciation of our faith for the blessings that we already possess as Christians and to grow in sanctification. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The poor in spirit recognize their own spiritual poverty, their sinfulness, and their unworthiness in God's sight. They realize that they themselves sin daily and deserve nothing but punishment from God. They know that of themselves they cannot do a single thing that is good and acceptable by God. God demands 100% performance and perfection. But we were stuck on zero. The empty vessel, ready to be filled. The poor in spirit know that they are rich before God through faith in Jesus Christ. Yes, Christ alone. His perfect obedience to all of God's commandments and his sacrificial death on the cross for all of the sins of the world accomplished what we could never manage by our own efforts. And God gives us the credit for Jesus's perfect righteousness. So the poor, well, they become rich. They are the most blessed after all. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. This mourning primarily expresses sorrow over sin, our own sins. It also expresses grief over all the consequences of sin in this world. And this includes the troubles and the tribulations of this life, and finally, the just wage of sin, namely death. Sin, it deserves both temporal and eternal death. And there can be no greater sorrow than this. But those who mourn now, they can be comforted. As Christians, we do not mourn like those who have no hope. For God has given us hope. Yes, new hope. Hope 
in Christ, Christ alone. He promises and he provides for us comfort and strength in every tribulation. And finally, eternal life for Jesus' sake. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And those who do not acknowledge and mourn their sins during this life, well, they will suffer sin's consequences. Yes, but they will not receive genuine comfort. They will mourn for all eternity in that one place where there is constant weeping and gnashing of teeth. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now the meek, they are gentle and they are patient. They are not boastful and demanding. They do not insist on their own rights without consideration for others. They endure mistreatment without retaliation. And like Jesus, they are willing to leave the matter of vengeance in God's hands. They turn the other cheek and they Well, they go the extra mile. And it is for their sake that the earth is preserved even now. It is for their benefit that God directs the affairs of men and of nations. God makes all things work together for their good. And they will inherit the new heavens and the new earth when Christ comes again and he raises their dead bodies and he gives them a share in eternal Glory. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are primarily concerned about being righteous through faith in Christ Jesus. Yes, Christ alone. They naturally then also desire to live a righteous and God pleasing life. And they are concerned about sharing Christ's righteousness with the whole world. They trust that when they put first things first, they keep the main things, the main things, that their heavenly father will keep his promise to provide them with everything that they need for this body and for this life. They also know how to satisfy their spiritual hunger and their thirst. They know that the Lord Jesus is their bread of life and they drink of him deeply of the living water that he provides. In other words, they faithfully use the means of grace, the gospel of Christ in word and sacrament. They like to make the word of God a part of their daily routine and they love to assemble to gather regularly with their fellow believers, to hear God's word proclaimed, preached to them. They live with daily appreciation for the blessings of their baptism, thus continuing to be blessed and strengthened by the covenant of grace, the promise that the Lord made with them through holy baptism. And they know that God forgives all of their sins day by day. And that they will stand among the righteous at Christ's right hand on that day of judgment. Blessed are the merciful, 
for they will be shown mercy. The merciful appreciate God's mercy, which gives, which forgives them and saves them for Jesus' sake. And they, in turn, are merciful to those who sin against them and to all who are in need. They want to be like the Samaritan who stopped to bind the wounds of the Jew, the one that they found half dead along the road. Although the Samaritans and the Jews ordinarily despised and had nothing to do with one another, this Samaritan saw only a person who was in need, and he helped him without expecting anything in return. You see, we have many opportunities to personally show mercy to people that are in need. And mercy, it only asks what less fortunate people need, not what they deserve. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The pure in heart, they speak and act without alternative motives or conceited selfish interests. What you see in them, well, it's what you get from them. And what they promise they will do. Clean hands and a pure heart, well, they they go together. And our hearts are naturally sinful and unclean, so they need constant cleansing. And it's appropriate for us that after we hear God's word proclaimed, that we Call upon the Holy Spirit to create in me a clean heart, O God, and to renew a right spirit within me. The pure in heart, well, they will see God. They will be able to stand before him in judgment and they will dwell in his presence for eternity. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Now, peacemakers, they don't passively sit back and refrain from trouble. No, they actively strive to make peace where there is enmity or hostility. They strive to live in peace with all people, but they are also ready to contend for God's truth and his justice when circumstances require it. Although peace is always desirable, peace at any price, well, it is not. It's not acceptable. And even Jesus, he said this, that his gospel would disrupt peace when some aspect of it is accepted by some, but rejected by others. His gospel is the issue that often it divides families as well as larger groups and people like communities or even congregations. We know that peace with God is possible only through faith in Jesus Christ. Yes, Christ alone. And those who reject it in unbelief will have to answer to God on judgment day. And they will be without excuse. 
God, he sent his son into the world as the prince of peace. And he will call those people his sons who in the spirit of his son make peace. God's only begotten son is the ultimate peacemaker. And all who are on God's, all who are God's sons by adoption, well, they want to be peacemakers too. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When we are persecuted or punished for wrongdoing, we have no reason to complain. But we must also expect to suffer at times for saying and doing what is right. And that's what happened to Jesus as he warns that we must not expect any better treatment from this unbelieving world. Peter, he encourages us by saying this, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial of your suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. We don't want to deliberately antagonize people and invite persecution, but neither do we want to flee from it. When we are called upon to endure suffering for the sake of God's truth and his justice. And when Paul, he suffered persecution in one place, well, he would move on to another city. But his primary concern was always the advancement of Christ's kingdom. Not his personal comfort or convenience. Paul's example can be an inspiration for us all. All who remain faithful to God's truth will be richly rewarded in heaven. And these rewards will be of grace, not merit. And they will be in addition to the salvation that is theirs by Christ's merit alone. Yes, Christ alone. And these rewards will be a pleasant surprise for all who receive them. Dear saints, in summary, the Beatitudes simply remind us of the blessedness that belongs to all believers in Christ, Christ alone. The late theologian Jim Nesigen, he commented on this text. For us to remember when Jesus says blessed, well, he's not teaching lessons. When Jesus says blessed, what he, what he says he is actually delivering, he is giving what he says. He is bringing it all home. He is delivering the goods so that he is comforting, blessing, enabling, strengthening, and he is providing for. He is raising the dead up in this life as he will raise the dead in the end. The Beatitudes 
are the beautiful, rich words of Jesus, which reveal God's gracious heart and actions towards the spiritually broken and empty people like you. What God requires, he provides. He provides in his purest form of mercy and in grace, in his blessings. It is your inheritance. And he provides these blessings through Christ. Yes, Christ alone for you. Now may this give you peace. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. May it guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.